Welcome to In the Village, a prisoner intro cat. This episode we'll be talking about the episode Living in Harmony. Uh, but my name is Shane and I'm joined as always by my good friend Aaron. Salutations everybody. And John. Hello. We have no guest for this episode, so no Sergeant Trainer. <laughs> no guest, thank God. <laughs> we can possibly wait, get this. Wait, do, do we have an email from him? <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> um, we'll get not, to that later, I guess. Yeah, I think we'll get to that later, yeah. We'll get to that later. Um, uh, I start, as always, with the TV war synopsis. The prisoner finds himself in a western township and tricked into becoming a sheriff. But can he be forced to carry a gun and kill? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, so, overall, what do you think of this episode? Uh, it made absolutely no sense, and even at the end, it was still kind of, what the heck? And John? Um, I don't know about that. I think that was, I mean, it's it's a hard twist at the end, but I think that's the sort of thing that we should have had. That's more of the stuff we should have had the whole time with how the village works and how they're trying to break him. Okay. Uh, well, it shocked you to hear that the ending was a tacked-on ending. I'd believe it. Did they change that at the last minute? Yeah. I'd believe it. It kind of felt like it, because they could have easily just ended there with number two and the other guy in the control room. They could have just ended it right there, but they didn't. Yeah. Is there a reason they changed it? Uh, not that I know of. I just know I just know it was a last-minute rewrite. That's what it says. That's what that's what I've got through, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but even the start, actually, uh, Magoon didn't want any opening credits. Yeah, I know. So that's another uh, uh, cold open. Yeah, second one in a row. Magoon didn't actually want to uh, have any opening credits at all. So when we so when we get that title card, the guest actors, um, McGowan just wants to leave it blank. My God, that would have been confusing for audiences back in the sixties. <laughs> we tuned in for the prisoner, and we got the western with Patrick McGowan in it. I don't understand what's going on. Indeed, what do you think of McGowan's accent? Um, it was a little jarring at first. I don't you think know. I noticed it. <laughs> Well, he's, you know, he's trying to speak, you know, American. Yeah. But uh, I think the more he's considering that um, he doesn't speak a lot in this episode. Yeah. So I, I don't really think it would have mattered either way. But okay. at least he's attempting to make a, you know, because there's a lot of people who wouldn't even have bothered with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we'll get into the episode now. And we start, as you said, with a cold open. Yeah, no lightning thrash, no car. Yeah. And we had a wonderful little guitar riff, though. Yeah. <laughs> a Western guitar riff of the Prisoner yeah. theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a nice touch, that they, they went to the trouble of getting somebody to record their theme song as a uh, kind of a Western ditty. Yeah. And then, uh, well... I'm going to refer to him as the number six character throughout. Uh, yeah, Marshall? He, I'm just going to call him Marshall. Okay. Well, he was a sheriff. Well, he, he was Marshall. Oh, yeah, he was sheriff. And then he gave he went into Marshall, the Marshall's right? office and threw his badge down. Yeah. Almost like he was resigning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he gets, he gets kidnapped on his way out and wakes up in a 
small village. Yes. <laughs> Where is this? You'll find out soon enough. Best do not ask questions around here. Yes. The most horrible Mexican stereotype ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episode was actually written, produced, uh, and directed by David Tomlin. Uh, first, ever acti- first ever directed role, actually. David mm-hmm. Tomlin has never directed directed before. He had assistant directed before on The Prisoner, but never actually gone out and out directed an episode before. Moving on up in the world. Indeed. I, 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 see, I see they've understood the number six quotient. Two cannot beat six, but more than two is perfectly fine. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking to people. Are you? I am, apparently. Are we just figments, are we just figments of each other's imagination? Wait, am I real? Are we really here? Is this actually happening? Now we're having existential crises on the prisoner. All right, so he gets dumped into town by like the four horsemen. Yeah, and he's get and he goes to the saloon. And Everybody he, needs to go to the saloon. Well, there's nothing wrong with going to the saloon, is there? There's probably not much else to do in town anyway. No, and he he meets the judge, and um and the kid. Did they ever give him a name? Well, who the the kid or the judge? The judge. Uh, no. no. It's just the judge. We just referred to uh, the judge. It's referred to the judge in the opening credit, uh, closing credits as well. And he tries to... Con- and it's... Try to, tries to uh, get him to carry a gun and not really much is happening. Nice card game, though. <laughs> He's playing soccer. Shoot the goddamn shot glass. Really, people? Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me to be quiet there for a minute. No. Um, in the episode. They shoot uh, okay. the freaking whiskey glass for no reason other than we can, apparently. Yeah. And, well, uh, it's the, the kid trying to show show off to the new guy. Yeah. That was actually meant... To, the kid uh, character was actually meant to be a, a uh, speaking part. There was actually a turn of stuff uh, that the kid said that he cut out. Uh, did they give a reason why they made him silent? Uh, um, nope. I think I think it made it made the character better that he didn't talk. It kind of added to yeah. the to the weird factor of of the character. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it would have been nice, I guess, if he spoke a few times, but yeah, well, it you... kind of kind of added the mysteriousness of the character. Yeah. Uh, the major change between the script and the finished program, which uh, become apparent in Act Two, was when the kid was originally meant to be a speaking role. When he throws the empty bottle, the hysterical kid shouted, "You're gonna pay for what you did." Nobody does. Nobody does that to me and lives. Maybe you don't know who I am. I'm the I'm the kid, and I got I've got literally got about a page and yeah, about a page and a half worth of notes of um, all the lines that the what. All the things that were cut that kid, the kids said in the episodes. I'm not going to go through them all. I think I still I think it would you know it would I it, if I could speak today it would have been nice if he had speaking lines, but it added it kind of added to the fact how much control the judge really kind of has over anybody in the town. The fact that the kid didn't speak. Yeah, yeah. There's also the the whole thing with um you know you can obviously tell that there's something you know wrong with the guy. Yeah. yeah. Plus, there's the fact that you know. Skip your head a little bit, but when the judge goes to strike him, he just stands there and takes it. You know, so you know, the judge obviously has some kind of hold over him. Yeah. And then uh, number six, 
um, goes uh, to leave, and he's greeted by the entire town. Well, doesn't he try and go and buy the horse first? Oh, yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. And the guy tells him, like, it's something like $5,000 or yeah. something. Yeah. But, you know, in Old West money is, like, $5,000. Yeah. I mean... That's true, very true. Uh, the bar that we see in the episode is actually a redress of the exhibition hall that we've seen before. Um, you know, can't uh, get away from the exhibition hall. Yeah. Ah. The exhibition hall that we saw in Charms uh, of Big Ben, the recreation hall that we saw in Skitsword Man, the doors mm. at number six uh, wandered into in A, B, and C. I've done quite a good redress, actually, of that particular building. Got to reuse props somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what I think the best part about this episode was? What's that? None of that stupid con show crap showed up. <laughs> <coughs> Trampoline martial art. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's true. That's very, very true. Um, but anyway, uh, so um, he's choice about the horse, as you said. He goes to leave... And he is stopped, and he's been he's um, taken to the sheriff or to the judge, I should say. I'm going to keep referring to him as the sheriff, but he's a judge, isn't he? Yeah, he's a judge. He wants um, number six. Wants to, number six to become the sheriff. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. clearly, because clearly, he's for hire because he left his previous position. Yeah. And my gun. Well, you know, we can probably get you another one of those. Yeah. He really just doesn't want to carry a gun. Yeah. And well, then we um, then we see it. A, uh, and then we see the uh, another pr- a uh, number six is put into the, a jail cell, and then we see another prisoner uh, being put on a horse and to be hung. Yeah, well, tell the truth, he was under protective custody. Well, that's true. Well, no, yeah, number uh, yeah number six was yes. Yeah, but they end up uh, hanging the barmaid's uh, brother. Yeah, yeah, quite that was quite violent for a nineteen sixties TV program. Well, to tell the truth, they, uh, they don't show him getting hanged. True, 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 true. But the implication... It's, it's the implica- very heavily implied. Yeah. yeah the implication of the 96th program. You know, this episode, actually, when I'm on that, this episode was actually banned in America. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, various sources. The source that I always was told was that it because it featured... Um, Characters un- under the influence of psychotropic drugs. Okay. Okay then. Uh, but there's been various that was but there's been various reasons over the years. Um, another another reason, uh, which so, I found out which I found out just earlier today was because the episode was too violent. Well, I guess for the 1960s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't make any sense. Have you ever seen an episode of Gunsmoke? That would have been running the same time. That's three times more violent than this episode. I never said it was a good reason. I just said it would make some sense. Not that it made the best sense. Yeah. Um, but, and another reason is because because it was the 60s. And, of course, the Vietnam War was happening. Uh. You know? And the prisoner was going to the village for harmony's sake. And they ain't own arms. <laughs> you know? The whole anti-war movement. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's a, that that's a yet another reason. So I've got three reasons. I take your pick. That's I like the drug. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, I'm done. We're not saying it's not ridiculous. It just is. Yeah. So yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so but um, well, uh, number six is in the jail cell. We are introduced properly this time, really, to the kid who stumbles in, seemingly very very drunk. <laughs> okay, uh, so I thought you were somebody would respond to that. Um, uh, he's he's drinking most of the episode. Yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah, he he pulls some very very fancy um, uh, gun work. I think the only way I could describe it. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to intimidate the new guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I don't think it's really fair to call him six in this episode. Ah, that's true. Wow. Uh, I was I'm just doing it for, just for ease of reference. Anyway, but uh, he's trying to intimidate him, but it doesn't work. He just goes on lighting a cigarette. Yeah. Has anybody? He lights a cigarette on the edge. Of the jail cell. Has anybody ever done that in real life? What, actually struck a match against a metal surface? Yeah. Yeah. You, you need spe- it, it, it's not need as a, effective, but... Yeah, you need a special kind of match to do it, too. Because I've never been able to do it. That's why I ask. We've, I've done it once or twice, but it, it's, it's, really, it's completely ineffe- it's really ineffective. You probably end up yeah. wasting more matches than you do actually getting them to light. Okay. That's why I just, just always get a box, just get a matchbox, just... Or just yeah. buy a lighter. All right, so... Oh, yeah, or just do that. Yeah. Or, you know, just don't, don't smoke at all, but hey. You don't get to judge me, Aaron. <laughs> Mar- marijuana is bad, okay, children? <laughs> okay. Say spark reference! And... So, and then the, um, the barmaid goes into the sheriff's office with a lovely bottle of um, plonk. And nondescript alcohol. Yes. I'm assuming it's, it's probably, whiskey it's because probably. everybody orders whiskey in this episode. Well, no, it said it said whiskey on the bottle. <laughs> Did it? Yes. Okay. I didn't, I've never seen, never, never saw that. But anyway. Uh, it, it, it. Uh, let me see. McHogan whiskey. Oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. what the bottle says. Okay. Well, you're, you've got better eyesight than I have because I've never noted that. I noted put that down in my notes. And then. <laughs> Uh, we have a make-out scene! <laughs> kind of. Yes. Because she always liked him. Indeed. And then while the uh, kid is distracted, she um, bags the keys to the jail cell. And number six... Oh, sorry, the kid is um, uh, very, very drunk. There should be a theme for this guy throughout this entire episode. Yeah. Well, actually, while we're on the subject, what do you think of um, the kid's acting performance in this? Well, the fact that he's always drunk? No, 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 the, no, the, the actor, the actor here, yeah, his acting performance. Um, Alex Kanu is his name. I feel he's either trying too hard or he's given a role that he wasn't quite sure how to portray. Okay. I don't know, it just, the, char- the character, like, whenever I see him, it's, I have a hard time figuring out what he is besides the obvious drunk because he drinks all the time. Okay. He has a, um, in real life, he's Irish and has a very, very thick Irish accent. That might be why. Yes. That might be why they cut the speaking lines. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so, but uh, the barmaid goes to the window and gives number six the keys. While the, the kid is still not... Intoxicated? Yes, that's what I was looking for. Drunk as a skunk is the terminology I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Can't say how effective that was because he's back up in a couple minutes. 
yeah, then um, uh, we cut to quite a while later. I would I would assume about five minutes later, actually, but for the fact that he looks like he's down that bottom one. <laughs> and then uh, number six escapes the jail cell, and we cut to the bar. And then number six is escaping the. Goes over to the horses for sale and tries to procure himself a horse. Horse thief. Yeah. Nothing. And yeah, I've got a note here somewhere. <laughs> what? Oh, what? I'm just I'm reading through the the trivia on IMDb about the episode. Oh, please, please, and please, no, please no, share, I, please share. I I was gonna I was gonna do this near the end of the episode. The um, but we kind of discussed how the ending was kind of added on, yeah. and according to the IMDb trivia, the the scenes at the end revealing the entire harmony sequence was a village experiment was added as an afterthought by Patrick McGowan, so the episode yeah. would fit into the series. McGowan really just wanted to write a western for himself because westerns are not produced in the UK. Yeah, this was actually the first ever western in the UK, I should say. First okay. ever west, first ever western that was filmed in the UK. Well, you guys, you guys didn't live it. You don't, you don't have the obsession we have over it. Well, that's true. Uh, so anyway, back to the episode. So number six escapes on the horse for a time. Yeah, and then because uh, he has to ride north, it's the only way out. Yeah, and then the judge finds the kid, slaps the kid. Yeah, and st- is, I love that the kid actually stands almost vertical. Surely, if you had that much to drink, he'll be kidding over. Probably, unless you're that used to drinking. Yeah, it depends on your tolerance. That's that's true. But yeah, they uh, they they find number six and they drag him back to the village. No, they they drag him back to Harmony. Wow, Harmony, the village, same thing. No, Harmony no. is the township. Because they're wow. living in Harmony, Shane. They're not in the village. Oh, they could be in a town called Mercy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I swear, the entire time I started watching this, I was, I was like, dear God, did they get this inspiration for this episode from this? Uh, no, apparently it was actually, uh, they stole this from a, uh, uh, they stole a, a, bit, a little bit of the episode from, an, um, a, from a Marvel comic. Really? Which one? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I never wrote, wrote that down. Why didn't you write that down, Shane? It didn't seem important at the time. I, sorry, I've, I've been seeing. I've been there's a great ten. There's a, well, I don't know, a two and a half hour documentary on YouTube, which is um, put up into chunks. Wait, just on the village? No, just uh, is a amalgamation of an eighties documentary series. Mm. Now, just just for a brief tangent, I want to go back yeah, go, to something we uh, were saying. No, me too. Why exactly was this the first ep- Western ever shot in Britain? I mean, sure, certainly you guys have had some kind of familiarity with the genre and all. So yeah, I just don't. I just think they don't have the obsession that many people in the U.S. had with it because they didn't exactly experience it as the U.S. would. That's just my 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 theory. Well, they did make a point in, uh, in the documentary I saw. They said it was the first ever serious Western. Mm. So comedy, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's been. A, I mean, obviously, there's been Western episodes of things since. Uh, the most famous thing that I can think of, the top of my head, was the Red Wolf episode, um, Gunman of the Apocalypse. Really? 
You just can't stay away from Red Dwarf, can you? No. Uh, it's almost like he has a competing podcast all about no. Red Dwarf. No. I know. Anyway. Yeah. If you want to hear my review of uh, Gummo the Apocalypse, you can check out my all other right, podcast. All right, all right. <laughs> so he's drugged back to town and we have the makeshift trial, but not for him because he was in protective custody. Yeah. Yeah. But for her instead. Yeah. Um. What? Kate? Was Kate her name? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Kathy. Whose brother got hanged. Yeah. And she's taking death in the family very very well, I must say. You know? I know. She's right there screaming. The next day she's like, oh, minding the bar. I know. Indeed. But, yeah. But, yeah, but, you know. It's bizarre, isn't it, really? Uh, what was I going to say? Well, yeah, I mean, you can just tell through the whole thing that Judge is trying to strong arm him into being his sheriff. Yeah. Although they don't actually tell us why he wants this guy as a sheriff. No. I mean, they make one brief play at the very beginning of the episode talking about, well, why did you uh, quit your job? And then he just walks yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, but I think on that point, I think it's never been their plan to break number two, is it really? Apart from that one episode. They just want him to uh, conform to the village. And the fact that he doesn't like violence is trying to bend him into, you know, trying to maybe get the violence out of him, maybe? Because this is a very, very violent episode. He gets cr- crap kicked out of him, like, what, like three times? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, uh, McGowan uses a gun, or the Besitch uses a gun, and that's the first time we've ever seen that. Mm, that's very true. So yeah, so skipping forward a little bit because I know we've been real good for quite a while. Um, Kathy's in jail, and the kid is just sitting there staring at her. Yeah, like a creeper. Yeah, with impressive um, cleavage. Yes, very true. See, that's that's why more women should wear corsets. There you go. Yeah, indeed. Can you can you tell I'm single? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, and then we have a chat between the kid and the sheriff. And the sheriff, no, the sheriff. Sorry, keep referring to him as the sheriff. He's a judge. Sorry. We have we we see a scene between uh, the, judge. the judge and the kid. So we and just uh, when we're editing this, we should just go back and every time you say sheriff, we can just cut in you saying judge. So it'd be like <laughs> it'd be really herky jerky, but it'll make sense. The man who clearly runs the town. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we we see uh, the judge telling the kid to unlock the jail cells to, to let Kathy out. Because she's free to go. Indeed. And we have a conf- another confrontation between number six and the judge. Mm. The one thing we did, and he is trying to convince him, or has convinced him, I should yeah, almost say. Yeah, because that's how Kathy out of the jail. Yeah, he, to be he became the sheriff. Sheriff, yeah, exactly. And yeah, so they cut down. I mean, we had, the one thing we didn't talk about is actually uh, the kid and uh, number six in the bar just before this scene. And the cut hand. Oh, yeah. Because the kid shoots him on the hand and then shoots him in the face. Yeah. Or grazes him, rather. Trying yeah. to get him to draw the gun. Yeah, and he refuses. 
and then then the judge comes in to stop it stop it yeah something i did notice that the uh the kid is wearing one of the uh top hats like the undertaker guys yeah yeah symbolism possibly probably not no. or lack of props no <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> yeah we, we have to reuse props we'll we'll say deep later but deep. yeah and then um i can officially call him the sheriff now he gets attacked Kind of out of nowhere. Yes. Getting attacked. I, I was know. attacked when I wasn't sheriff. I'm attacked now. I am sheriff. This sucks. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And he gets the crap kicked out of him in this fight. He does. Not for the first time this episode. Yeah, this is what? Number three this episode? Uh, Yeah, I think so. And then the, the judge watches, smiles, then goes inside to play cards. Or yes. the fight is still happening outside. Yes. Yeah, they're just showing them it's not safe not to have a gun. Yeah. It's such a bad town. Indeed. But this fight goes on for bloody ages. I think this, I think, if I'm not very much mistaken, this, this is one of the longest uh, fist fights in the entire series so far. Yeah, it went on for like, what, four minutes? Four Something five minutes? like that. Something like that, yeah. Oh. And then it ends with him throwing a guy into a fountain. Yep. And if I can get his name. Zeke? No, no, no. Bill. No, I'm, I'm Claire. trying to find. Get back with oh. me. Sandy. Sue. Jerry? No, I want to make sure this is the right bit before I say anything. Tyler. Make sure this is the right bit for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, when he throws the guy uh, into the, the into the trough, or the water, I should say. There was a little boy. Oh, standing. yeah. Yeah. First confirmed kid ever in the series. Yes. Uh, and uh, do you want to get his name right? It is... Uh, the boy is Stefan and Mayher. Am I right? No, sorry. sorry. Let me just get this right. Sorry. The boy is Gary Mayher. Okay. Who Who is... Um, Related to uh, Frank Mayher, who was the stunt double. So did he just bring like his nephew to set one time, and they're like, "Hey, let's put him in the episode." Yeah, nice. sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, a little scene that was cut out was the kid was the little boy was meant to give his hat back to the sheriff, and he said something along the lines of "Thanks, kid," adjusted it down, and walks off. Huh. I thought that might have been a little cute little scene, considering the fight went on for bloody ages. But then they cut it. Yeah. And then uh, the sheriff goes back to uh, the sheriff's office to be... Um, and he's confronted... Or conf- confronted? What the hell am I talking about? Comforted by Kathy. Because, who is, you know, when you get into a giant fist fight, just splash the water on your face, you'll be fine. That's how it always works. Yes. And it's obvious that she has some romantic feelings for him. Bit quick, but we've seen quick before, haven't we? In this in this show, <laughs> saying that there was a, it's a um, Western trope, isn't it? A stranger comes into town, we have a female love interest almost immediately. Of course. What else are you going to do on a dusty little town? Um, <laughs> fall in love with a completely flighty uh, new guy. Yes. Why don't we see more kids in westerns? <laughs> Reasons. Reasons. Yeah. I'm kind of crying out the 1800s. They're not going to have um, sex protection, are they? Moving on. 
<laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist that one. Sorry. Mm. Did we lose Aaron? No. Oh, okay. You're just being quiet. Yeah. Just well, I have well, I've, I think I've been speaking for quite a while without Aaron saying anything. So, well, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shane. <laughs> what do you think of the What do you think of the next scene? What more, more, more bar scenes, and the kid goes crazy and burns a guy with a cigar. Yeah, sounds just about right for the kid. Because <laughs> he's very jealous of Kathy. Mm, clearly, she can love no one but me. That's totally the vibe yes. I'm getting off this. I've been getting yeah. off this entire episode. Yeah, definitely. And then the Barclays. Well, that was quick. All, yeah, in in all good westerns. Well, nobody wants to get shot. Yeah, getting that's, shot's not fun. That's that's very very true. But yeah, you can't have a good western without having a scene with the without having a bar, um, a showdown in the bar, can you? Or a brawl. Yeah, exactly. What else are you gonna do? It's the old place. <laughs> we keep coming back to that point, don't we? <laughs> we go from a, a weird psychological spy thriller to a western. True. Anyway, the kid, sh- um, the kid uh, shot that guy. I was going to say dead, but it's not dead, is it? Because he shoots him in the shoulder. Oh, he'll die of infection in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, that's true. True. And then... Oh, you can't arrest him, Sheriff. The other guy drew first. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. He still shot him in public. Him, yes. Yeah. Still potential murder. <laughs> Those rules didn't apply back then. It was rough and tumble yeah. time where every man had to take care of himself. Yeah. And then arrest uh, women and stare at them through the bars. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so he's been watched by the judge at all times. You just think, you know, kind of like a number two. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> what? What are you talking about, Shane? I have no idea. It was just a thought that just came into my head. Oh no, it has nothing. To, it has nothing to do with the ending of this episode at all, whatsoever. No, it doesn't. Of course not. No, um, but yeah, it's so cutting forward a little bit. Uh, Kathy and number six. Oh, sorry, Kathy and the sheriff. Kathy and the sheriff have a nice little check by the bar in the saloon, and the judge isn't in the saloon once again. Well, there's 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 nowhere else to go in town. Well, there's the place where they keep the horses. That's true. (laughs) And number six, sorry, the sheriff leaves Harmony yet again. Well, he tries to anyway. Yeah, that's true. And I need to be brought. I need to be brought back. And then we have a showdown between the kid and Kathy. And my God, isn't the kid scary in this? Uh. Uh. Yeah, nothing like being a creeper. Mm. Yeah. And ki- and kills Kathy. He strangles her to death. Yeah. yeah He's only supposed to rough her up a bit. Yeah, well, obviously the drunkard did that. Yeah. And uh, I think we can almost wrap this episode up, to be honest with you. Yeah, because he comes back yeah. after that and yeah. finds Kathy. And then he goes yeah. and throws away the badge, but he picks up the gun. Yeah. And goes after the kid, and we have a we have a uh, gunfight, <coughs> and apparently, apparently, uh, if you slow it all the way down, um, Alex Kanner shoots first. Okay. They had they had a uh, they had a little competition on set between Petra McGowan and Alex Kanner, on say who you know, who can draw, drew their gun the fastest. 
And apparently, and it's kind of won. Apparently. But thanks to the power of editing, McGowan wins. Yes. <laughs> thanks to the power of the script. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hold on, I'm protected by the plot. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, apparently you really got it so all the way down to notice it. So he kills the kid and then goes after the judge. Judge, yeah, yes. Then just and... like, capping like five guys. Yeah. And then, then the sheriff gets shot. Or number, uh, yeah. The judge shoots him with a derringer. Yeah. Then... He wakes up. Yeah. At this point, I'm going to pause myself and ask you, what you both were think, thinking at this stage. Um, honestly, that's the point where I really started liking this episode. Okay. Because this is the kind of, because, yeah, with not exactly the same framing, but this is the kind of stuff that this series should have been doing the whole time. You know, okay. playing with your expectations, uh, giving you hard left turns. Uh, okay. You know, Things that actually make sense in trying to break Six's mind. Yeah. Instead of, you know, oh, hey, we're going to make him run for president. <laughs> we're going to put him in charge. We're going to call him an unmutual. What the f- Mm. You know, episodes like this, the schizoid man, uh, yeah, A, B, and C to an extent. Yeah, that, that's a lot of what this series should have been. <laughs> okay, okay, and uh, so said, number six wakes up in his uh, village clothes. In his village clothes, with a yeah. uh, headset on. Yeah, and number six is running around all dazed and confused. Oh, yeah. And finds all the characters as cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. Even the horse. Even the horse. Yeah. yeah. And he runs down this little lane and finds himself back in the village. And, and he goes to the. Um, bit- you know, you know he's, he's running back in, in, and you hear just very briefly that uh, pomping brass village music. Did yeah. anybody else think he, that Six looked incredibly pained? It's like, shit, I'm back. <laughs> I mean, as confused as he is, he's like, shit, back in the village. Well, damn. That piece of music was the election music from Free Fall. Thanks for ruining it, Shane. Jeez. Uh. <laughs> and then uh, number six goes into number two's place, and he finds the judge as num- well, number, number two. two. Who was the judge? Yeah. The kid, who is number eight, who is also dressed yep. in red. Yep. And then Kathy, who yep. is number 22. Yep. 22, or is it 242, I thought? It was It was 22. Okay. He looks at them and says absolutely nothing and comes straight back out again. Yeah, you know, um, I figured he was going to come in and rail at them, but then he sees Kathy. Yeah. And then, you know, the fight just leaves and he just walks away. Yeah. It would have worked. Um, Why would you think it would work? It's never worked. None worked. of he's always been able to separate fact from fantasy. Number eight. Yeah. Yeah. It would have worked. No, it hasn't worked the past twelve times. <laughs> See that that yeah. I think would have been a stronger end with just that last conversation between eight and two. Two, yeah. And then when when Kathy leaves or yeah, yeah. twenty two. Excuse me. Yeah. But uh, I think that would have been the that would have been the place to end it. Okay. Let me cut. Then number six is wandering around. Sorry, Kathy, or should say number twenty-two at this stage, is wandering around uh, Harmony, which is a which is a real place where they execute the village. 
and then just has a wander around. Right. And she ends up back in well, the bar where she died. Yeah. And then number <laughs> then number eh? The kid, yeah. I was gonna call him number eight, but yeah, the kid shows up. And he's gone a bit do daddy himself. Well they talk about um right when we uh where they were first talking about how the experiment was failing. Uh eight yeah. was talking about how um you know it's always worked before. Yeah uh um I, I don't exactly remember what he said, but it was it was basically yeah. along the lines of, you know, it's this kind of thing has worked before, you know, you can break somebody easily by this using drugs and suggestion. But um yeah. it just goes to show that, you know, not not everyone uh everybody in that scenario is vulnerable to the scenario. Yeah. So uh number eight kills uh Kathy. Again. Again, yeah. And by strangling her. Again. And and again and screaming like a madman. Yeah. Even though the question I have to ask is if you strangle somebody to death um like they did the here, are they usually able to talk before they die like that? Because I'm sure that it would crush your windpipe. Um, the answer to that is go with it. <laughs> <laughs> just a question. Just it's TV series, it. go with it. Okay, just a question. Anyway, uh, number six runs in and stops at number eight, but by that point it's too late. Mm-hmm. And they and uh, he dies. She dies in his arms. Only to be followed by um, number two in the mini moke, yeah. who rushes in himself. And wondering what the hell is going on. Yeah, and then we see that uh, eight's gone. Um, Bonzo oh, Seiko. Oh, yeah, and throws himself off the balcony. To be, yeah. To be fair, I don't think he would have killed himself from that height because the way he fell, it looked like he just landed on his back, and I don't think that's high enough up for him to actually snap his back that way. Uh, it's a TV show. Go with it. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> answer for this one. TV show. Go with it. Yeah. Though I suppose he could have maybe hit his head. But he was halfway through. A flip, but be sure uh, Yeah. Again, six doesn't say anything. Just walks away. Oh, no, no, just walks away, and that's where we finish the episode. At least, at least we get to keep the end credits. I love the end that's credits. Yep. And six behind bars. Huh? Still behind bars. <laughs> yeah, because uh, this is the first episode to this um, Patrick McGowan as a cast member playing the prisoner. Wait, where he's he's on just the, a on, cast member? Uh, I will read you the exact quote. This is the first episode to this Patrick McGowan on the closing credits uh, as a cast member playing the prisoner. Why did they have him on there before? Uh, because he was always in the opening credits and because we didn't have an opening credit this time around. Hmm. Okay, I didn't notice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to be totally to be a totally untrue, I don't know if that's something that's there going forward because. I've only really noted. I no. I make. I do a lot of research for this podcast. I'm sure you're probably aware. And it was a thing that came up in the research of this particular episode. Hmm. Let's go for the foreign language dubs. Foreign language dubs. In Italy, it was it was dubbed in in the English translation was the alien. What? The alien. Um. Okay. Uh, it wasn't dubbed into French. The French don't like things. And then in Germany, it was dubbed in 
it was uh, called Nightmarish. Nightmarish. Prior to the transmission of ITV, several cuts were violent were made. These covered Johnson's lynching, covered by a cut to a shot of Kathy fainting in Act 1. Number 6 being dragged back to Harmony in Act 2. A shortened version of the fight with Zeke in Act 3. The throttling of Kathy. Uh, and the throttling of number 22. Can give a reason why? Uh, for violence. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, have you guys you guys want to say anything before we cut to the ad? Enjoy this lovely ad, everybody. <laughs> we are Clone Dance Party, an orphan black infocast. There was so many questions that weren't answered that I was like, well, but I have to know. Vic doesn't seem that smart. I don't know what Sarah was doing with him. That's a real testament to the actors because I really feel like they're different people. So yeah. she's really doing a good job. I totally agree with that. I forget that they're the same person. I am totally unobjective about Allison. I love that character to death. She became my least favorite clone. Clone Dance Party in iTunes, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Welcome back uh, from the advert. The advert uh, would for Clone Dance Party. Uh, today, as we're releasing this podcast, it's the 20th of June. Uh, today would have been Bob's birthday. And we just want to say, from the three of us, that we miss you, Bob. And, yeah, I wish you were still with us. You were good, man, Bob. He knew everything that we didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly did. He certainly did. But yeah, uh, please check Clone uh, Dance Party out. They're still going, just like we are. Uh, but then they are amazing, awesome black podcast as well. Anyway, we've got. Yeah. Uh, before we went to the ad, ad, ad break, actually, uh, you we were you were chatting about how weak the ending seemed with um, number eight for the yeah. balcony. Uh, the uh, original scripted ending was uh, uh, number two was set to, to arrive in an ambulance with two attendants in the saloon number eight warned stay back judge I'm getting out of this town you've rung me long enough I'm leaving you won't stop me number eight backed up the stairs as the attendant advanced on him on the balcony he tries to jump clear of his pursuers causing the rail to collapse that justice be done, the judge, the judge shall be judge, said number six, wiling out to leave number two crumpled in, his, in a chair, head in his hands. So, why did they change it? Uh, uh, I would assume because uh, they cut the majority mm. of the kids' lines out. They said uh, he, he did have a much bigger speaking role, so. But, you know, given the actor's incredibly thick Irish accent. They cut all this line. Uh, but anyway, we emails. the emails. Emails. Hmm? We've got more Yay. than one this week, which is amazing. We're, we're moving up in the world. Yeah. Is there anything about actually being back from the Yes. Am I just spacing today? We, we, we came back a while ago. Oh, you wow. Did. I am spacing as all get Yes, today, we apparently. did. Did you forget your med again, Aaron? Nope. You have to take the medication every day, Aaron. That's how the medication works. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Anyway. Emails. Um, so we will go first with uh, an email from John E. Bella. Oh, too many tabs. There we go. Here he is. 
All right, from John. Got a bit off yeah. track with the podcast, not updating the the feed automatically in iTunes. I blame iTunes for that, but I don't know what's up with that. Anyway, as the series draws closer to a conclusion, we find number six in the Old West. I'm not a fan of westerns. In fact, the only one I own on DVD is Shane, which I recommend to anyone interested in watching a good western. Having said that, wait, Shane, you're you're a western? What? Shane is a western. Huh. Yeah. Having said that. Yeah. Huh. Having said that, this saying. is surprisingly one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> I like the way the opening resignation sequence is, was redone with number six resigning as sheriff. Soon finds himself in the town of Harmony. Alexis Canner does a good job portraying the kid, but I find I like him much better when when, when he's silent. Alright, I have some questions. When a kid grazes six with we see blood on six's face and hand. But when anyone is shot, killed, there is no blood. Was this a requirement of British tell at the time? Are we to assume only six was given the hallucinatory drugs? If so, why are the others so drawn into the fantasy? This may have been a better episode had it ended with Six walking out of Two's office. The ending didn't really add anything we needed, but since we have it, we did have it. This episode may have been better placed directly before Once Upon a Time, due to the deaths of some of those in the cha- in charge of the operation. I have to rate this 8 out of 10 cutout horses. Uh, trying to answer your question there, John. Uh, there wasn't much blood on British mm. TV at the time. Uh... I'm not a big aficionado of 60 TV shows, to be honest with you, uh, even though I do love the Avengers. Uh, but there was never any real blood in the Avengers either. So, uh, I can't answer you on that one, really. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but moving on to uh, an email called from, from Harold. A loyal email Harold. Uh, this is Exactly. And we love him for it, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Um, this is... He writes, This is my train of thought upon hitting play of the button. Another card open? WTF? A horse? Mm-hmm. Is this the right show? Wait, it's a western version of the title sequence. Is Six having a dream? Oh, I get it. It must be some more mind manipulation. And so it goes. Shame warned me it would be getting weird. <laughs> I did. Having said that, I like this episode. It's strange that the, this episode would feel much more like The Prisoner even though it was a western film almost its entire length, as opposed to the previous episode, which took place in a familiar set, uh, yet it was like it felt like it was from Bizarro Planet. Of course, the difference between these two episodes was the presence of Patrick McGowan, who recently returned from Ice Station Zebra to furiously defy authority once more. Number eight's western character reminded me of a mix of Marcel Matu. I'm butchering that name, and James Cairn's character in Miss- Mississippi from El Dorado. That's Marcel Mazou, essence, also helped him tell the fact that no matter what the setting, it was still firmly in the village. I give this 8 out of 10 stinking badges that we don't need. <laughs> Harold. Oh, thank you for the Mel Brooks reference. <laughs> Thanks very much for that. Uh, <coughs> I have one more. Yes, we have an email from Deva. Davia? Don't know, I can't announce things. Anyway, uh, it was nice to have a cold open again. The lack of credits at the beginning made meant there was no inference into the fantasy part of Six Minds. I wonder if the explanation at the end is mandated by the network. I was already thinking it was mind games similar to that of A, B, and C. It's hard to believe that number six had finally fallen in love with someone and is emotionally involved. I don't understand why eight killed the woman, but maybe that's why he killed himself at the end. Be ever wonderful. Well, thank you, David. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Uh, and of course, if you ever want to contact us, you can find us on the old Gmail at theprisonerintracast at gmail.com. 
you can also find us on Facebook and just search for In the Village of Prisoner Introcast or find us on Twitter at the Prisoner Intro. So many people. Uh, sorry, we've got all... Exactly. Uh, but the episode that we're doing next week... Or two weeks The girl who was deaf. Yeah, fortnight. Yeah. Recording on the... 28th of June. So, is the girl who was deaf? Um, this is the crossover they have with Discworld, and Six runs into Susan Death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some chick finally arrives in the village and everybody comes in contact with her and suddenly dies. Interesting theory. Interesting. Very, very interesting theory. Um, but uh, we want to thank the band. Hey, Shane, are we going to skip oh, our final darling? thoughts and our ratings? Or, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought of that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Our, our ratings, exactly. Sorry, do apologize. We'll edit that little bit out. <laughs> So, ratings. Ratings. Uh, Aaron, uh, as your first ever, mm. practically? I mean, the fact that I was confused as to what the hell was going on for the most of the episode, but then it kind of got wrapped up at the end. Uh, I, I did, you know, I kind of agree with, you know, John, the assessments we've had that this is kind of how I, the, the, it should have been, you know, kind of mind-altering things in some way to try and break Six's mind. But then that whole unnecessary ending... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it seven and a half Derringer pistols. Okay. I said before, I really like this episode. Um, this is probably one of my favorites we've seen so far. Uh, I, I like the juxtaposition okay. of, you know, turning his, uh, you know, you know, figuratively turning his world upside down and putting it in a completely different scenario. Um, plus the less trying to break him and at least, from what we see, is at least trying to break him to, you know, trying to get him to pick up a gun and become a killer again. Um, it, it's a nice juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think if they had done more of this stuff, it could have shown more of McGowan's acting range rather than just, you know, surly, you know, pissed off at everyone. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, aside from the end, which I think is the only real negative part about this episode, so I'm going to go with a very solid uh, 9 out of 10 uh, blown apart whiskey glasses. Not the whiskey glasses. Oh, yes. Glasses. <laughs> uh, I'm no. gonna. What? Everyone's gonna hate me now. You don't like westerns, do you, Shane? <gasps> I don't like this episode. How could you? I feel. It, I feel it's <sighs> too long and. They have out. one hour to put an episode in. All of the episodes are one hour in length. <laughs> That fight what, the sequence one, the one for me the, goes the on way too long. I mean, we, we, yeah, the one that goes mm. on for about four or five minutes. You know, that goes on way too long. It is for me, it's uninteresting. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is only the second time I've ever watched this episode. In all the watches I've done, I've always skipped this episode, and I dislike it completely. You just hate westerns, don't you? So I'm gonna so. It's because he whenever he goes anywhere, he's got this little neighbor boy that runs up. And he's like, "Come back, Shane! Come back!" <laughs> Nobody. Am I the Nobody. only one who's seen Shane? Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, yeah, so I know. We're heathens, John. We're heathens. It, it's it Shane Doubleshaw. Ten Academy yes, Awards. So yeah. Jeez, people. It's classic cinema right there. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
So yeah, so um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you realise throughout the episode that I wasn't putting my full energy into this. So <coughs> I'm gonna have to give this three out of three out of ten. Wow, hangings. I guess the lowest rating we've had in like six episodes. Wow. And I think I'm with the majority actually. Uh, due to the fact of its low ranking at IMDb, which uh, Sergeant Drake talked about two weeks ago. Rank. Well, so though it's um, of all the episodes from what he was saying. Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure he said it was something like 7.2, and the next closest one was uh, Do Not Forsake Me or My Darling. Do Not Forsake Me or My Darling, 7.4. Like Living in Harmony, 7.4. Oh, okay. Change then. Change in the past two weeks. It's just high. So they are both ranked the lowest oh, episode. I like this one. Well, and, and, and majority of the people who emailed about this episode as well, which is good. I, I'm just not a fan. Which anyway. is shocking, I know. Anyway, uh, we would like to thank the Ben Do Not Forsake Me and My Darling, who, kind of, who kindly let us use their music for this episode. And if you want to check them out, it's do not forsake me dot com. But I think we're finished. So, unless anyone else has anything else to say, I think it's time to say cheerio. Bye, bye everybody. So, bye bye, bye everybody, and we're out. And we're out. Exactly.